0: This is Why We Plan, a podcast for business owners and their advisors about how to better plan for the exit from a business. Join us each episode as we discuss different elements of exit planning, including real life stories, challenges and opportunities
1: of owners and their advisors.
0: Welcome to this episode of Why We Plan. My name's John Brown, I'm the founder of BEI, which is an organization which supports business advisors and helps them help their clients exit their business in style. With me today is Robert DiPaolo from, I think it's New York City? Yes. In New York City. Uh, I'm going to ask Rob to talk about uh, exit planning when he first started, where he's at today, and then I'm going to have him talk about a tool he uses with a lot of success to attract and engage qualified business owners. So Robert, thank you.
1: Hey, pleasure seeing you again, John.
0: Tell us about how you first maybe learned of BEI and and where you're at today.
1: So, where I first learned about BEI it was probably 5 years ago through success other agents with Guardian were having and writing larger, different cases than what we're used to. Because again, most people in the financial world were dealing with personal planning. And mm. this paradigm of business planning was just on the cusp. I think people were just getting into it, it was just getting momentum. Mm. And when we started talking back then, it was foreign. Like I would mention business planning, business succession planning, people like, what are you working on? And I'm yeah. like, you'll see. And then all of a sudden I feel, more and more people are trying to throw a designation or say they do business succession planning because now the cat's out of the bag and the momentum's there and all these business owners that we keep talking about for years are hitting that crust of having to come over, having to transition. And I think even COVID accelerated that to some degree that now it's on the forefront of a lot of different things and more people trying to get into it. But having the solid foundation of like when we started makes it a lot more interesting now to see where other people are and I think even how the and the tools we use have evolved. Because I remember when I started, we had this strict seven-step process. You, had to, you went down in order and it was yeah. successive. And then you had to go from one to two to three. But as things evolved and as people evolved, planning evolved. So business exit planning wasn't just, hey, how do I exit my business? But it's all the steps leading up to the exit. So like when I talk to a client, mm-hmm. I say, I do business success planning what do you mean? Well, success, you can't get succession without success. So for you to grow and probably get to succession, we have to have success in how we're planning for your business. And we get into a lot of that stuff. And I go, well, what does that include? It goes the business continuity. Hey, do you ever buy sales? Do you have employee agreements? Do you have things set up in such a way that when the exit comes, we're not doing things as a fire drill. It's just another step in the process that you've been prepared for.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, with, with the exit planning process that we use, the first phase, you know, what are the owner's goals, what are the resources, knowing that with accuracy and knowing what the resource gap is, that sets uh, BEI members up to then go to the next step, whatever it is. It might be continuity planning, it might be transferring the business to my kids, it might be I need to grow a business value by $3 million, so let's look at key employee incentive planning, but once that first phase is complete, then you've got the freedom to do what you want to do.
1: Yep. And I think it all grows because, I hate to say it, every business owner is going to leave it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that's guaranteed. You're either going to retire, you're going to sell, or you're going to leave on your back. Yeah. So one way or another, you're leaving this business, are you doing it on your terms? But it's not like you're going to work forever. At some point, we're not eternal. Yeah. And business owners get that. And I go, look, I'm not saying you're leaving tomorrow, because when you say business exit planning, people always think like, oh, well, I'm not looking to get out of business right away. I'm like, well, you're going to leave at some point. Well, don't you want to have success in how the next stage of your business goes? So the success is in the succession planning is how I get them to really get into it. And it really starts with little tweaks like the continuity planning, the buy-sell, the things like that. But then I have other people who come in right away who are like, I'm out in three years. I need to be out in two years. What do we do? Those are the cases which I think were the foundation of where we got to the expansion of what everyone does now. So
0: that, that's, that's really a good explanation of, of what, what you've learned to do and what you're doing to help your clients. Tell us about a tool you use to get the attention of the business owner, or in your case also the advisor perhaps is more important to talk to than the owner.
1: So, again, presence is utmost important. So paper mail died like the dodo bird. No one really reads their paper yeah. mail. No one really looks for newsletters. We don't really do things that way. Things from there were the evolution, like the BEI newsletter, the rebranding of the BEI newsletter and using that. When we first started talking, I had a huge list of people who were talking to and hitting with that. Mm -hmm. And over time, that dwindled down a little bit, it increased a little bit, it changed, but I found that newsletters aren't as engaging as they once were, because like regular mail, people are inundated with having so many of them hit their inbox that they look at what's most important to them, and unless there's a specific topic that catches their attention, it's getting deleted, it's getting moved to a folder, it's getting moved to They put it in
0: junk mail or whatever, yeah. yeah.
1: But you still have a percentage that opens it, and there is effective to have it because having a part of your toolbox and having it as part of your membership is great. But where I found the most success is repurposing it and putting it on other platforms. The most effective platform I use it with is LinkedIn. Because LinkedIn is living and breathing. I could put a newsletter up as an article a week ago or a month ago Army, someone reads it, someone interacts with it today, it gets back into people's news feeds. Someone sees it, someone's looking at something and they reshare it. Now it's all of a sudden in their news feed. And it's getting passed around an ecosystem that keeps it alive and keeps it working. And it plays on multiple fronts. Like I have clients of mine who I connect with on LinkedIn. I have prospects of mine who I connect with on LinkedIn. They'll read an article. They'll see something that catches their attention. Maybe it's the steps to succession planning. It's how to interact with your kids in succession planning. It's how to get, bring your kids into the business. Mm-hmm. All these different components that we talk about in the newsletter, it's written in plain English, so it's not like in legalese or some sort of financial language that they don't get. It's plain English. It's simple examples, and they're like, oh, I get that. Oh, I think I could relate to that person, and they get it. But it also is written in a very unique way because I'm a financial advisor. I am an attorney by training, but... Many of our members are single discipline. You have the financial advisor, you have the CPA, you have the wealth manager, the insurance guy. When they talk, they speak their language, but the news articles are written in such a way they can play across the board that when an attorney reads it, he reads it through his eyes. When an insurance person reads it, they read it through their eyes, but it's the exact same article, which if one of these professionals wrote it, wouldn't read as agnostically. It took me a
0: long time to learn to write not like an attorney. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So that's stuff. So when, you, when we talk about repurposing, you're using the same content. Yes. It's just no longer a newsletter going out through an email. It's going through LinkedIn. Yep. As an and article. we were talking be, before the podcast started, you're getting 500, 800 responses. Well, yeah,
1: 500, 800 opens or people who are reading or looking at the articles mm-hmm. as it's in their news feed. So when you look at the impressions, it's hitting a lot of people. And that number grows because if it happens to be a hot topic, all I need is one or two CPAs, one or two attorneys to like it, share it, do something in their network. And all of a sudden, it expands expands to another universe that wasn't outside my newsletters. Because now you have those second, third degree connections that are connected to them that are now sharing and looking at it. And as you look back at those impressions of who's reading it, who's touching it, who's seeing it, now you have a whole new ecosystem of people who you can either connect with, reach out to, say, hey, I know you read the article, I know you like this. Wow. Hey, how can I help you? What can we do with this?
0: So how long does it take you to take a newsletter? And we have hundreds of newsletters that we've done yeah. uh, to repurpose that. So you're basically just changing the appearance of the header, as I understand. So,
1: yep. So I have it down to assist now that I release it probably a day, around the day it comes out on the website and comes out for when they're going to mail out as the newsletter. hmm I'll go on every two weeks. It takes me less than 15 minutes. Go in, copy and paste the body, put it over, put the picture up top with the byline because I do it every two weeks. It just goes out systematically.
0: Not bad. Um, so how has that impacted your practice? So five or six years ago, you weren't doing exit
1: planning. What does your practice
0: look like now?
1: So I would say probably about 80% of my practice is business planning and it constantly becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because the more business planning you do the more referrals you get in that world the more you get known in that world that the personal planning became an ancillary side piece which for the most part comes from the business owner yeah. hey can you plan for me hey we're doing the 401ks some individual participants or employees in the business has yeah. to get helped that i'm not really prospecting the individuals as much as i used to because this business ecosystem, as long as you stay perpetuated in and you're known in it, almost keeps growing on itself because there's more and more people who need help yeah. in this area.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. So, you know, at the end of the day, this this is why we plan. Yeah. Uh, Robert, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. That was very informative. And we'll see you next time. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. If you'd like more information on better ways to plan for the future, please visit exitplanning.com.